Glory. How's it going, Rebecca? Good. Good in the hood, just like you know it should. Good in the Jaya Latte, Glory. What hood are you referring to? The upper garden of Eden, thank you very much. And literally, the chai latte that the server brought today was the best one I've ever had in my life. So the chai latte below was corresponding to the chai latte above. Hallelujah. Gotta test it. Now, if YouTube is sending you this video and you've never heard about the chai latte or the upper garden of Eden, you're in store for a special treat tonight. It's not made with oat milk, as some might assume. Silence your phones. Oh, sorry, it's my bed. <laughs> Oh, yes. I always get the notifications for my favorite show every day. Professional through broadcasters. Saturday. Right. The Chai Latte. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. We are actually in the works of an introduction screen. Uh, yeah, it's going to be incredible. We're probably going to get a call from the producers of Barbie to produce their next television show. Or something like that. Okay. okay. We'd say... If you were a Barbie or a Ken, which one would you be? You would be Alan. Holy Ken. Yeah, probably Holy Alan. Cosmic Righteous Ken. Upper Garden of Eden Ken. And Holy Barbie. Okay. I don't know about Barbie when they have the um, movie out about exposing pedophilia rings you know about that there is a huge documentary series being released in the charismatic church right now exposing all the pedophile rings and that's a really really big topic fighting human trafficking uh, I can tell you I've seen human beings even children trafficked in Minneapolis probably couple thousand times couple thousand I've ran into the people that do it and I've been um, given death threats truth in hell they have threatened to kill me if I mess with them and this was like eight years ago so don't think this is recent this is a very long time ago when I did four to eight hours of street evangelism every single day God has me in a different season doing Christian broadcasting, but I am I'm ready, Lord. If you want to send me back to the streets, I'll literally do anything. But he usually just sends me up into the upper garden of Eden to prepare your food for your spirit, for your ruah, even for your flesh to be made holy by learning the higher things of God. So I'm doing my job, I'm in my office, even though a lot of people don't understand what I do. Um, that's all I do is my office. Been in full-time ministry since 2006 by the audible voice of God that spoke into my car. Uh, my senior year of Bible college, I was driving my car, and a voice came in my car said, Brandon, you're not going to pastor churches because I had uh, over 20 applications to be a youth pastor in the Assemblies of God, about to graduate from AG Bible College to be a youth pastor. That's what happened, and God said no. No, you're not going to be a youth pastor. You're going to pastor cities and nations. Jesus Christ came in my car and said, You're never going to pastor churches. You're going to pastor only cities and nations. And of course, coming from the fiery AG and revival in the Assemblies of God the last eight years before that, 
I'd never heard a concept like that before. I've never heard anyone talk like that before. So I was totally blown away and I didn't know what to do. So I just said, well, we're going to do something fringe. Obviously, that's never been done before. God's going to use me like a forward observer, like he used my dad as a forward observer in Vietnam. That was the only grid I had for something pioneering. And so that's what I thought we we're going to do. So I just started hanging out in the streets with the gangs for almost three years, eight hours a day. And during that time, I was carjacked twice. They um, found my car one time, uh, all the windows bashed out, stereo gutted, just because I gave a person a ride, trying to be a good Samaritan and kind and, you know, a good Christian inner city missionary, 2004 or so, somewhere around there, uh, Bible college times. And as I'm dropping this guy off, four guys come at me with guns pointed at my head up to my car and uh, he grabbed the keys out of the ignition and walked out the door so I'm stranded I had no ability to drive out as soon as I dropped him off he grabbed the keys and four gangsters approached me with guns pointed at my head to shoot me dead so I panicked and I ran down the freeway entrance and so I'm running down 94 right here in Minneapolis where the 94 entrances on the south side of downtown Minneapolis, running for my life from gangsters with guns on me. And that's called being carjacked. A group of Somalians pulled over to the side of the road. They say, we'd never do this, but you look so desperate. What happened? I said, I was just uh, carjacked at gun, gunpoint. Please call the police. And so we had the police come and they found my car three days later. I had no card, had no idea where it went. They found it and we got it repaired. And I continued to drive that to finish Bible college. True story. <laughs> so that's some of the foundation of being an inner city missionary in Red Letter Ministries. It was all just founded on just the craziest stuff you could ever imagine in the USA. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we've seen it all. First week after I had started full-time ministry... And so I'm already graduated, graduated Bible college with honors with a 3.4 GPA in 2006. So I'm already in my office, in my calling, in my destiny for a couple years. And after I'd even already done that, guys, uh, well, the first week, not a couple years later, I'll save that story for later, but the first week after I graduate, so I'm, I'm already graduated in full-time ministry, and I'm working with um, a church called, uh, that's, Assemblies of God in South Minneapolis on the corner of Lake Street in Chicago. Christ Church International. You might know it. it's one of the biggest churches in Minneapolis. Christ Church International. And I was working with a men's group there. And as I'm leaving the men's group in 2006, we pull up to a stoplight. Four gangbangers come up to the car, put a dude's head by my car window, and unleash an entire clip into his brain at point-blank range. Like within five feet of me, and the gun was pointed directly at me through the teenager's head. Looked like a 16-year-old, five uh, 16-year-olds are about. So right up into my car window and blew his brains out with an entire clip into his head right at the side of my door. And I'm already a full-time uh, minister, right? And um, the Lord said to me at that moment, this is going to be as intense as your father serving in the Marine Corps in Vietnam. And I said, okay, well, that's why I had such an intense training 
in my youth. And so we got into it. And so we just dealt with that for a couple years and made tons of relationships. A, a lot of them, we even have people from those first two years that are still with us to this day from 2006, 7, 8. There's several partners, monthly partners from that time, from 2006 to 2008, that are still walking with me today. That is probably, that level of faithfulness uh, is the greatest sign and wonder I have yet to see in full-time ministry. Amen. amen. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you for being loyal and faithful. Or little story time sometimes is really nice, good because yeah. it's such a rich history and a lot of you are new and don't know a lot of the stories, but it's it's good that you understand. Mm-hmm. It's like the book of Acts chapter 444. It really is. Every generation, the apostles and prophets of that generation, if they've served the Holy Spirit perfectly, and some men and women do, get their names added to the book of Acts. There's no amen in Acts 28. It actually says the exact opposite. It says, it shall continue on to the whole world. This gospel shall go out to all the world, and there's no amen. It's left open because in the future which is 2nd century, 3rd century, all the way to right now, 21st century, there is the potential possibility for men and women to be sanctified, purified, consecrated for God's holiness in the things of the Holy Ghost and the Lord Jesus Christ to be used so mightily that they are literally written down in eternal scriptures. That's how serious this is. It is not a minor thing to be purified, to be used of Yadevav Holy Spirit. It is so significant that that is the source of the writings of the Bible. Read first and second Kings. Read first and second Samuel. Read the book of Acts, Paul's epistles, even Revelation chapter 1, the testimony of apostle John. I'm going to Patmos exiled for the testimony of the word of God. Come on now, which means every single person that is consecrated by the Holy Ghost beyond themselves, beyond their comfort zones, beyond their human nature, into the true heavenly nature of Jesus Christ can change the world, can shift civilizations. What are your credentials? Where are your board of directors? Who are your elders? That's a great question. Apostle Paul says, aren't the works I've done amongst you enough credit to my apostleship? My very ministry is proven by your existence, is what it says. Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church, doubting his office as an apostle of God, an apostle of Yadevave, of beyond the tenth week of the ten ladders that go all the way up through the path of lightnings, where the Father's throne is and the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ, seated in the eternity of the eternities. He says, that is the origin of my apostolic ministry. Apostle Paul speaking. Now you doubt that I'm an apostle, but he says, your existence, your very existence, Corinth, is the evidence that I am a true apostle of God, and I will use the authority of my office to get rid of those wicked liars that have slithered their way into your churches that I created to get rid of them, that you may be clean, 
and clear from the altars and cups of demons that have ensnared you after you're born again, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh. You have heard it quoted 10,000 times at Joel's bar in the last 18 years. But what it really means is having begun in the Ruah soul, going back into the Nefesh soul. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Ruah versus Nefesh. Mm. This is really good. And uh, on the note for wisdom, safety, and staying alive, use wisdom, always, and listen to your holy angels assigned to you. They will keep you alive. That's their job. Never go based on what you know. Go based off of the help of your holy angels. If you don't hear them or feel their impulse or get clear direction from the Holy Spirit, it's time to come out of Black Malkut, out of rebellion, stubbornness, and witchcraft because the goats do not hear his voice. And that goat represents stubbornness, pride, strife, all kinds of rebellion. So as you're coming out of the black kingdom of religion into holy Malkut, white Malkut, circumcised Malkut, the kingdom of heaven within you, realizing Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory, the Shekinah glory within you. No more bewitchment of Jezebel's tower, but being a sheep, sheep in the sheepfold. My sheep know my voice, it is written. So let's make sure we hear the voice of God through his spirit, through his prophets and apostles, through his holy messengers that he sends to guide you, protect you, to help you excel at your job, to help you with your relationships and your family release. Angels of relationship helps to you and your family. Angels of, they are so good at what they do. They're so good at what they do. Angels of helps for you at your job to be excellent, to be wise, to be understanding. It's so important to listen. These angels have kept me alive with their word and their warning so many times. Whether it was when I was in a parking lot in my car getting ready to go make a you know, drop off a package or something like that at one of the Kohl's locations in Texas. And all of a sudden, Angel, I look up, and there's two dudes coming out at me at my car with baseball bat coming out of this truck. Time to go. <laughs> Angel. Angel notifications. Do you check Angel notifications more than you check Facebook notifications? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning. Witness. Do you check your angel messages first or your text message inbox first? Angel. That's right. Oh, it's so heavy glory right now. Oh. <laughs> angel notifications. What do you have? 999 unread angel messages in your <laughs> supernal e- inbox? And you do that when you value your spirit over the world or the mm. kingdom over the world when you because i understand what you're saying clearly and what it took for me to check with the angels before the notifications on the phone was valuing the internal kingdom of god more highly 
than the external world of sin. Amen. Because <laughs> it feels good, right? Neurologically, when you see that little red number, and it sets off a, a connection in the neurons in the reward center of your brain for your nefesh, and the nefesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17:11. It goes, ooh, oh, it felt nice. Somebody loves me, you know. Who <laughs> that's a nice comment, and then you're just like, mm, that's false love, people. you know. False love. Yep, because you're looking for something to nourish your nefesh that isn't Christ. That Getting isn't your love through your blood is what false love is. Mm -hmm, right. So you're like, oh, someone commented, someone sent me a message. I feel, oh, they liked my. Let's see how you many. You should people... feel convicted right now. Let's see how. I just made a, the most spiritual post I've ever posted. Let's see. Wow. Okay. Let's count how many people liked it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, like, oh, oh, a and nice. The hairs comment. stand up on the end like demons because you just received praise from men and not Yadevave. This is so. I just made this really important thing for everyone to listen to and watch and read and. Now I'm just going to feast off of their lifeblood as they give me their energy. And then we go just to the stop. other extreme just... where we just offensive all the time like clowns and we think that's holiness and Christianity. Right. No, it's all obedience to the Holy Spirit. But your angels already probably told you this, but you just didn't hear them because they were like, come on, man, what is it going to take to get through to you? Just listen. Listen. Listen to your holy angels. They're here to help you. They're not here to eat just popcorn and watch you make a fool out of your life, out of yourself. That's not, that's not the plan. That is not the divine plan. For I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts to embarrass you in front of the angels constantly while you never hear anything and do anything correctly. That's not it. That's not God's plan. God's plan for your life is who you're becoming. comes to a point in your walk on sapphire stones when you realize your destiny, it does include things that you're going to do, but it's not so much the things that you're going to do. It's not so much the things that you are going to do, although you will do them, but your destiny is who you are becoming. That is the wisdom of Joseph's life. His destiny was the character formed within him. Not a bitter soul, not a bitter heart or mind, but that perfect revenge that comes from the Father, that destiny flow that comes down from above through sexual purity and righteousness and wisdom that protects. And protecting wisdom and ascending through the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the sapphire stones of Jesus Christ. There is a demon god, there are many, specifically one, I believe one of the names it goes by is Bel, who likes to deceive the believers about their destiny until you're all worked up in a tizzy every day, fearful that you're not going to meet your destiny. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, everything every day is about your fear of missing out on your destiny. What if I don't make it? What if I don't? Your eyes are on the completely wrong thing at that point. 
It's not about what you're going to do so much as it is who you are going to become. There's a process and taking upon yourself the yoke of wisdom, which in the beginning feels like a burden. At first it's heavy, feels not easy and light. That's because the wickedness inside the nefesh feels weighed down by the commandments, by the standard of righteousness. And until that nefesh is submitted to the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, it's not going to feel pleasant. But what does it say in the word about the fetters of wisdom? Well, later on, she becomes your protection. Submit yourself to the yoke of the Word of God, the Torah, wisdom, the Holy Spirit of wisdom, the living Word of God. <laughs> and later on, those things that you thought were the shackles turns out to be your protection this entire time. And the path to your destiny. Now, what did Joseph do? We, we know the story. He didn't become bitter. He grew in love for the Lord, in sexual purity and righteousness and wisdom and the discernment of the voice of God. He learned to hear the communications of God, dream interpretation. And in his everyday business, money decisions, his money and the money of other people, he became a great manager of wealth and personnel. How? He used the wisdom and the measure of grace that God had given him to be perfectly pure to the measure of grace that he was given to the best of his ability to be obedient to Yad Vavhe, to be obedient to the God of his father Jacob. And in his dream, he saw his father Jacob and his mother Rachel as the sun and the moon, as their positions on the Sephirot, sapphire stones of Jesus Christ, the heights of their calling and destiny that they had risen to. But his excellence through holy wisdom of righteousness, purity, he became an excellent manager of money and personnel, finances, purity, mm -hmm. through hearing the voice of God and prayer and purity. That is what enabled him to draw close to God. So even though he appeared externally in the low place, when you're externally in the low place, that is your opportunity to go spiritually to the high place. Later on, it manifests in the physical. So if you can be devoted to God, pure, whether anyone's watching or not, whether you're on the world stage or in a jail cell, whether you're on a throne in all Egypt, bows before you, or whether you're overworked by this guy, Potiphar, 
whose wife is making advances to you, you're perfectly pure, whether anyone is watching you or not. Awareness of the holiness of the angel of Shekinah. He honored his mother, Rachel, by honoring the purity of Shekinah. He honored his father by honoring the righteousness of Yadhevavheh, Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness. So you want to listen to the holy angels. Listen to the voice of God. They will keep you alive. And they will move you into your destiny. There's been many times their voice kept me alive. Waking me up. I'm hearing them say my voice in the middle of the night as I was moving to Minneapolis. And as I was doing it, you know, trying to fly under the radar of the fallen angels who were above my level at that time. And all of a sudden I wake up and the vision in the room is full of tornadoes and lo and behold, all of a sudden the weather had shifted suddenly. I heard the angel say, they know you're here, they know you're here, wake up, you gotta go, you gotta go. Time to go, but this is like, this is not a drill. I was like, oh my goodness. Pull up my phone, sure enough, the vision and the angels were correctly. My entire path, they had lined up using that space laser of the Clippeth, since no one was in the heights of, of those places at the time completely just saturated with this forecast of tornadoes my entire route mm -hmm. without a break all right how many hours can we drive straight <laughs> time to go time to go and so we just head on the road and race the tornadoes to uh, minneapolis and it was well and, and then well. the warfare ceased and it's been perfect ever since <laughs> Ha, ha, he's keeping ha, me ha, ha, alive. Ha. You know we have that song, He's Keeping Me Alive. Just sing that Put song. Put on the full armor of God and you're coming into the front lines. Yep. So learn to listen. I mean, how many times? Probably maybe four times in my life I've been followed in cars. My, my dad was, no, this is the wisdom of my dad. My dad was a bounty hunter and a preacher and a gardener and a web designer. So one of the things he taught me was... Preacher and bounty hunter. Yes. And that's something her dad. That's my origin of my nefesh. That's Preacher, bounty hunter. Gardener, web designer. Gardener, web designer. Yeah. Hmm. And it sounds like Jesus. You know, his spirit... Hmm. In his 30s, his spirit was really strong. And he, he did exhibit... He had, the, he had it offered to him. Yeah, he and did. And he turned it down. Yeah, he was... His, his thing was he was afraid to pick sides, and so he tried to sit on the fence. How many of you know if you sit on the fence, there's only limited time before you go to the other side? Yeah. You have to be brave. You yeah, gotta you get to, baptized in the Holy Ghost and get a Rua soul. You have to. It, you if can't, you're against the Holy Spirit baptism, you're not gonna you make are it. doomed. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna do well. <laughs> but, you know, way out there in the middle of nowhere, just mostly ragtag demons, except for when they had this big portal open up for one season. <laughs> it was mostly little demons. It doesn't even matter if you have tongues or not. You can get by with just a basic, you know, decent Christian Put life on your out there. Graham Watts armor. That and that pretty much does the job most of the time out there. There's like Put out on past your Franklin the, Grams. 
He doesn't take the ragtag demons out there, but there was one season, I don't know what was going on, but they had the big portal come in with the demonic device and the little thing that looks like a, a truck that opens up for the big railway, the demon railway. And they had some of the bigger wig, the big wig, you know, demons coming through for a time and straighten them up, you know. Mm. And uh, that was, so for a time, you know, coming through, but it's just a small neighborhood, so... You know, people, if they didn't draw attention to themselves, not too much going on. But in his 30s, uh, he did have a pretty strong um, sense about his, you know, his, his spirit. He would emanate some of the qualities of God, and it was strongest. I noticed there's a spe- it's a very special time in your life, in your 30s, especially for men, uh, men in their 30s. There's some natural timeline there, I noticed where there's a great opportunity from the Lord to really shift things into the supernatural, into the spiritual, if you're open. Can't be religious or rebellious, that's for sure. <laughs> nope. But there's always those if you're holy open door opportunities. And set apart from all forms of lust and subtle forms of lust, you can shift cities in your 30s after you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You got... A million people in America, more than that, that are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which is true. Tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Ruah soul. So seek that. If you don't have your Ruah soul, make sure you get one. Because you only have a Nefesh soul right now, and that's not enough. You ain't going to make it with the Nefesh soul. You need to seek the Holy Spirit, obey Him in everything. <laughs> the holy angels get you delivered from whatever sin you're involved in, rebellion, drinking, Chewing tobacco, pornography. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on of stupid crap available in Babylon the Great right mm-hmm. now. Get out of all of it and go after the holiness of the Spirit of Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with all your finances and house, with all of your natural man, because you are living in Malkut of Isaiah. Your body is on Malkut of Isaiah, so you want to make sure you move your body into <laughs> white Malkut of Isaiah. Otherwise, no matter what, you're going to get robbed and killed and stolen from. If there's mixture going in and out of black Malkut, which is old earth, white Malkut, new earth, and it's written in scripture, Malkut is the Hebrew word in the Bible for earth. Truth anyhow. So you need to understand going in and out of the kingdom of earth, which is called Malkut, hundreds of times in the Bible. So you go into black Malkut, white Malkut. I have watched people. I didn't have this advanced terminology of righteousness because I'm only about a year old in righteousness, a little less than that. But I had terminology down in the earth from the glory stream for the last 15 years of glory stream ministry. And we'd call it going in and out of the kingdom. And the word kingdom is Malkut in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Same word. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. You go, we said you go in and out of the kingdom. You have to stay in the kingdom by obedience to the Spirit of Jesus with your Ruah soul. Now, there are a remnant, y'all. There is a remnant of holy people that do that with their Ruah soul better than most of you in RLM. Better than most of you in RLM in Morningstar. Better than most of you in RLM in Bethel. Better than most of you. And that's true. And the reason is because it hasn't been established yet amongst the group that you have to be holy with your Ruah soul, and it's a strictness and a severity with the soul mm-hmm. after you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Most of you get tempted in goofball crap of false freedom 
and the demon just begins to pollute and slime your soul mm-hmm. so severely, you get worse than better. And that's because the structure of your thinking is incorrect. Your thinking is incorrect. The structure of deceit is the clippeth. The structure of wisdom is the sephirot. You need structure. Yeah. Amen. The sephirot is the structure of wisdom, and by it men learn wisdom, and through it men as trees drink the water of life. So if your structure to receive wisdom is that structure of deceit of the clippeth, you are going to be in confusion, rebellion, in all kinds of sin, thinking that you're striving toward purity or righteousness or the things of God. Because oftentimes, what does that serpent come as? The appearance of doing a mitzvah or the appearance of doing the will of God. And so when you're looking for the sin, oftentimes you're not looking for the overt sin. It's going to be, all right, what kind of camouflage is my enemy coming to me in today? Are you just expecting the open attacks? Some people, that's all they need. You know, the demonic structure, they tend toward laziness. Some of them are more hardworking than others, but many of the demons tend towards, if I don't have to exert that much energy, I'm not going to, because they don't have a ton of energy. They harvest energy. So they don't like to overexert themselves. So if all it takes is a couple of lust demons, a couple head turner demons, just super easy. They'll just stick with the obvious things. It's not hard for them. It should be much harder for them to tempt you than it is. It should be very difficult. So when someone persists in their Torah study, every time the lust comes, they drag the demon to the Torah study and it tor- and torture them until they die or come off of them and. It comes out of you. It goes right into the lake of fire. Right into the lake of fire. And um, basically, when someone persists like that, if it's beyond the IQ of that demon, which usually it is, the low-level ones, when they use their bag of tricks, that's all they have. They don't have any greater intelligence than that. All they have is their written instructions of their playbook of this is how you uh, capture the soul, harvest their energy, uh, and trap them with soul ties. It's not hard to do that to humans in the church age. It's really easy. So they haven't had to exert a lot of energy. Screen except... tape letters times a thousand. Right. So if you understand how they're thinking, don't you know, don't go out there and be like, you know, I'm gonna be easy bait or I'm going to be what am I, shark bait? Like what are you doing? You're just going out, oh it's just so hard, it's so hard. Like you're literally like the lowest hanging fruit on the tree for them to pick off that day. Don't be like that. You can choose with your will not to. You can choose with your will to get into the Torah study. You can persist. It's choosing white Malkut with your actions. Yeah, with your actions. And so when it goes beyond their level IQ, then they'll bother the demons higher than them. Just a little bit higher than them. Not too high because they'll get themselves punished or some kind of severe... They're horrible to each other They're, as well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the very next, usually ranking like above the orcs them. of Lord of the Rings. Very accurate. Yeah. And so usually they'll get in trouble for not getting you in trouble. And on top of that, because now they have to bother themselves about it. Again, some of the demons have better manners than the others. The higher up you go, the more intelligence. The they more begin to look like Spanish royalty. Yeah. Or so, British royalty. Right. Truth, anyhow. Yeah. 
and so you're just dealing with the grunt work. If you're still, still in, a demon, y'all. If you're still tempted by external lust, it's usually just mostly low-level grunt demons that they're gonna exert toward you because they don't want to lift a finger to deal with you, and they usually don't have to, so they're not going to until you start overcoming. At least make them work harder, right? Like it shouldn't be so easy to get you to stop loving Jesus, right? Because when you start lusting, you're not loving God. Want to know a supernal mm -hmm. secret? Yeah. The reason why Lucifer Satan identifies as a Spanish prince and not an English prince? Because during the Dark Ages, when sorcery was taught through Freemasonry, which is simply Black Kabbalah, they used it to kill more human beings than any other nation, so they won the prize in Spain, mm -hmm. the royal family of Spain. So Lucifer Satan, or Keter of the Klippeth, identifies as a Spanish prince, because of the 13 crown families warring to see who would be the master Kabbalah of sorcery of the Klippeth. Yeah, now you know. Mm -hmm. And that's through all the conquistadores of Central America, South America, mm -hmm. uh, killed just, I mean, totally ethnically cleansed the Americas. Millions beyond counting. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So now we've talked about how the demonic structure works. So next time you're attacked by demons with some low-level thing like lust or strife, like male strife, a super low-level demon, you're like, what are we going to do? These people are trying to train to become champions and righteousness. Ah, don't worry about it. Just send them some male strife. They'll never get anywhere. Just don't, just don't make sure they serve family and serve their own money and, and don't tithe and just have strife and competition. It's super easy. Like, don't bother me again. Just go take care of it. And that's how it goes. And it mostly works. But not anymore because you're going to be different. Type in the comments, I'm going to be different. Yeah. Check my emails. Check my emails. I'm going to be different. Like I, you, hopefully there will be emails passed around in hell on account of your stubbornness against the demons. Oh, yeah. You want to be the most irritating thing that is, like, if you're, so, okay, whatever demons are assigned to you today and this week, oh, there's, there are demons with names, each one of you. Uh, Charles, there's demons assigned to you this week. Jake, there's ones that are assigned to you, each one of you. They have a specific plan. They have, they know your work schedules. They know when you typically come to Joel's bar. They know usually how you live, when your weakest moments are, and where their greatest opportune times are to hit you. So those things are already planned in their schedules this week. So when you wake up every day and when you go home, when you're, don't, you're not just living your life. Don't be like in a daze like you're asleep. Mm -hmm. They have their plan. Well, guess what? You have angels around you. Your spirit who have can a, never sleep. Yeah. Always needs to be awake. Amen. You guys have angels all around you. Now, the Father already knows their enemy's plans against you, but the Father's plans for you are good. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. yad vav Plans, what? What kind of plans does he have for you? Yeah, to prosper you. Good plans. So, how does he carry them out? His will comes down like lightning through sapphire stones. Angels carry that word, and then they get the message, and they carry it out in your life. So, what you need to do this week is listen to your guardian angels, listen to the angels you already have, not just some other angels. It's good to ask for more, but you're likely not going to get more angels unless you start being faithful to the ones that you already have. So what the enemy has planned for you this week, your angels right now already have the information and the download and the plan to prevent those things from coming to pass.
So literally all you have to do this week is listen to your holy angels, resist uh, the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's it. And if something tries to come at you, drag it to the Torah study. And if your demons win, you might not live. Some of you have so little fear of the Lord in you that you think, well, I can let the demon win one time. That might be your last time. You you just don't get it. You're playing around with seven compartments Mm -hmm. of sentient beings in Gehenna. Hell. Hell is not what you think it is. It's a kingdom. The kingdom of hell, the Malkut of hell, shall not prevail against the church. Jesus Christ, red letters. So the Malkut of hell is black Malkut. Mm -hmm. So it has seven compartments, like seven mountains that the whore of Babylon sits on. And so from those filthy, disgusting realms, they are planning and scheming against all souls, all nefesh souls. But really, their prize is Ruah souls. Mm -hmm. That's why the believer goes through Egypt and through all the things that we go through in this life. And if you are holy in your Ruah soul, and especially if your calling is big, it'll get principalities on you. And you won't even know how to survive Mm -hmm. unless you literally just pray in tongues eight hours a day. Otherwise, you physically die. And so a lot of people haven't really understood how to be successful in a Gehenna situation on earth with a real active Mm -hmm. enemy that uses all kinds of stuff through the elements in the air and in the light prints of the power of the air. And we're, we're down here and we're mostly playing games and even the zeal that I appreciate that we're starting to see a little more of in RLM Global and the RLM Vision, even that zeal is practically sleeper level. It's sleeper level, and I'm not discouraged. I'm telling you accurately, Mm -hmm. as a soldier, it's not enough to thrive. We want you to thrive. Right now, a lot of people are winging it and are kind of have one foot still in black Malkut. So a lot of people go back and forth with their whole body, with their whole body. Their divine body goes right back into all seven compartments of black Malkut, Gehenna, and then they come out and they're like, well, why did I get attacked? Why was I hacked? Why did I have all these problems? The reason you have, the only reason you have problems, you read First Enoch. Enoch tells you the only way to have problems on earth. You got so many you don't even believe it. But Enoch, who's right and you're wrong, he said the only way you can have problems as a human being on earth is by one thing, demons. That's the only way to have problems is with touching the sin and the darkness and the dust of the demonic in those seven mountains. And we say, well, I'm not doing that. I'm going to church. That ain't good enough. Being baptized by John in the River Jordan is not good enough. But I'm not going to synagogue anymore. I'm a disciple of John. He said that's not good enough. It's not good enough to have John's water baptism, to be in the river outside of the synagogue structure. You have to also follow Jesus with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Ruah Soul, and the baptism of fire is taking it up on sapphire stones. Mm-hmm. Truth and Amen. I've got um, some safety memos from the angels tonight uh, for some of you here and watching online. If we can look at the New World's chart, and this pertains to staying inside the kingdom, like Apostle Brandon was explaining. Now, we talked about the, they often will just use low-level demons if that's all they need. Now, this is very important. I want you to listen carefully. 
God will not allow you to be tempted or tested beyond what you can handle unless you're outside of the kingdom. So when you're going out here outside the kingdom, you see all these seven worlds here. These correspond to the seven interior mansions of the kingdom of heaven. And also on the... Yeah, look at this. When you're outside that circle, there of white earth on the very bottom, Sandalphon. Mm -hmm. If you're outside that circle of Elijah's Sandalphon, white earth, you're outside the kingdom on earth. And you're over here in this, mm -hmm. the Clippus, black earth. And the demons are literally living in you, making habitation in your bodies. Right. So the issue we see with this is with our people who tend to go out and in, in and out of the kingdom, when you're in the kingdom, you cannot you're be tempted. You need to watch pigs in the parlor. Yeah. I just heard you ask, what do I do? Watch pigs in the parlor, yeah. go and through get, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. yep. Links in the description. Yep. When you go in and out of the kingdom like that, there's no guarantee. When you stay inside the kingdom, God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. But when you go out into the Klippeth, you go into Black Malkut, you go into Black Yasad, you go into Black Tiferet, you step outside of the boundary stones, right? Do not move the boundary stones, but also stay within the boundary stones. When you do that, and this is, an, this is one example. We had one uh, precious sister that was deceived and got into Jezebelic isolation. It was a demonic temptation to leave the company and isolate. And so when, and this is someone who's been loyal and faithful in all four RLM, but again, when the pressure of the demonic came, she took the temptation. And when she isolated and stepped outside of the kingdom, it was not a low level ragtag demon. It was literally one of the five princes of Satan's intimate council came to try and possess her and destroy parts of her soul, that it took a lot of prayer and healing to even restore her personality. It was like she was dead. It was like she was alive but dead when she came back into the kingdom. And it was just so heartbreaking. I said, Lord, is this girl going to have to go through the rest of her walk on earth without even her angelic personality? Is it gone forever? Mm -hmm. It was heartbreaking. It made me cry. But... And I'd, I'd been warned, the reason I knew what was going on was because the Lord warned me in dreams and visions, and he showed me what it was going to take. It took three cosmic apostles in prayer and rustling this thing just to get it out of this girl and for her to come back in. So that's not just like, oh, I'd, it's a low-level demon. So the AG's got it right. The higher the level, the, the bigger the mm -hmm. devil. That's the truth anyhow. But the girl was only on Black Malkut. So how did that thing, such a high level, that took three of us to get that thing off of her, and it was just just by the just getting by by the skin of your teeth, right? Mm. Just barely getting by. How was it such a high level thing that almost no one in our entire camp, including the leadership at the time, we're at higher rungs now, but how is it that something was even allowed to touch her? And I asked the Lord about this because how is like how is that even allowed? It's because she stepped outside of the kingdom. So when you go out there, it's not just whatever's at your level that's been bothering you. It's mm -hmm. literally anything that you won't even have the power and to overcome. And what did they say? We can yeah. see that you've been with Jesus. So if you have been with celestial apostles like mm -hmm. us that are way up on sapphire stones, they can see that on yep. you, and they will hit you a thousand times harder. 
Yeah, they will try to pull you out. So your best, this is a number one safety tip. Don't bolt. When the sheep get scared, they bolt and they run. Don't run and isolate. Don't run and leave. People shut, don't shut down your Facebook. And so when the pressure comes and they feel like they're, you know, they have a weakness in the mind or they have a weakness in the emotions, they tend to want to run. If you're a runner, whatever you do, whatever the offense is, whatever the lie is, whatever it is, don't run, don't bolt, don't isolate, because then good luck ever coming back. I mean, it's a miracle. Don't leave the kingdom. Stay inside the sheepfold. Stick together with your squadron. Shields. When you're in the kingdom, they cannot tempt you beyond your ability to handle. Okay? So safety. Um, just safety. Listen to your holy You angels. gotta stay within the boundary stones as is written i forbid anyone to move them what the boundary stones the boundaries of what in christ notice the bible says in christ which means you can also be out of christ being in christ it's listen people are like well once saved always saved, brother well the bible says it's gates gates pearl gates you can go in and out of a gate, can't you? They're called the gates of the kingdom. Well, so can you also go in and out of the anointing, in and out of white earth, into black earth? So what we need is people that are baptized in the Holy Ghost, which is literally tens of millions of people on earth right now with Ruah souls. We need them to understand kingdom principles mm -hmm. that they are clueless of, that have not been taught at all in the church age and it is to condemn the church age there's very little actually redemptive about the church age you're gonna find it was mostly not god but human beings mm -hmm. you think it's god it's not god dropped in like once every 50 years and you started a denomination with it and now you're lingering with a monument from 50 years ago the ag did that kojic did that uh foursquare did that um, now we're like non-denominational frickin' Pharisees, right? Mm -hmm. Truth anyhow. So how do we completely escape the religious spirit who is Lucifer, Satan, and be totally sealed away inside the mm -hmm. circle of Jesus Christ and not be completely demon-possessed, psychotic all the time? I tell you the truth, it's as simple as obeying with your actions what the Word has already told you and what the apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists have told you within the kingdom, within the kingdom of heaven and not the kingdom of hell. A lot of people are coming out of the kingdom of hell that was in church. How do we know that? Well, Anna Roundtree, great prophet, friend of Bob Jones, Moravian Falls, really accurate, living on the top of White Malkut for decades, Anna Roundtree. She said, well, the whole church will be obliterated by a goat's head battering ram and heaven awaits the bride. What's a goat head battering ram? It's all the human building on Malkut sand that we called God. Even Anna was shocked. Oh my gosh, the church is being destroyed. The angel's like, what? Even a seer prophet thought the church was being destroyed. And if a seer prophet's deceived, think about all mm. y'all, okay? Mm. She's wiser than you. Out. She's wiser than you. And she, she, the angel explained to her and said, Anna, this is not the church. 
That's not Christianity. Why are you trying to defend that? That's not Christianity. Christianity is walking on water in Elijah's cave or living in paradise. And then a stairway of rungs appeared and said, now it's time to go up into the upper garden of Eden. Amen. And we have an announcement from heaven. You don't have to wait for anyone else to accept it or for it to become common or popular for you to go ahead and start walking in it. It's going to take a brave company of people to establish it, which means you're going to all be forerunners. But we're going ahead and piercing through the heavens to open this up. 60 million RLM faithful soldier forerunners. That's who you are. Yep. That's your calling. That's your destiny. It's who you're becoming on Sapphire Stones. So, you know, this is a news update from heaven. You don't have to wait for anyone else, not in your family, not in your your circle of friends. You don't have to wait for anyone else. You just go up. The best way you can help them to rise is to just go up. Because it's going to start working like a chariot of horses pulling with that synergy the more you just go up just go up it's not oh i just i love my spouse i'm gonna wait for them oh i love my mom i'm gonna wait for don't wait for anybody go up it's not that that's the false love or the guilt like oh but i feel bad no the best way you can help anyone is you go up you go up you go up and and start to send those blessings down because all those packages and blessings and things that are getting intercepted since the church age in the second heavens you can go and grab those things and get those packages to where they need to be delivered, right? So things aren't stolen from the kingdom of God, and we need to remain in the kingdom of God. I also want to teach on this just a little bit on what the the, Please do. the Nefesh and the Ruah and what's going on with that. Let's take a look at the New World's chart that shows all through the seven. Okay. So you guys, the visual, it's, it's helpful for the visuals. This is why... Seer learners. Seer learners. Uh, yes. So let's take a little trip back in time to when you only had Nefesh before you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you were just living that animal soul life. That's pretty funny. I have some smiles and laughs. It's pretty funny. Totally deceived about everything. You remember those days? A little bit? So like, no, it's a total blackout, that's fine. But you, you get the gist. You've seen a lot of Nefesh running around without a Ruah, right? Oh, yes. They're He's called the uh, Adam Zua there, amen? <laughs> amen. It was pretty wild out there. But you were at one Don't point... Don't even look at him, it is written. <laughs> Don't, yeah. right. Don't even look at him. Yep. Keep your eyes... NASA to Keter, it is written. NASA to Keter. NASA? Yeah, that's the word. To gaze upon Keter... Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. Sapphire stones. So let's go back and just remember that time when you were just a little nefesh in the world of Messiah, not baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe born again, maybe not born again, just... Do you remember those days? The nefesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17.11. Do you remember back then, anything anybody would say to you would just set you off, right? Oh, you're so... Short, the, your temper... I've always been perfectly patient. <laughs> but I can imagine y'all struggle with that sometimes. And, you know, when you are when you just lived that life before the Holy Spirit in tongues, before being born again, even being born again, but before tongues, you remember, like, it would be pretty easy to set you off. The, the temper... Rage. Or 
the strife or just the irritation. I can't believe they said that about me. Oh my gosh. It it, the, it was so real. Like when anyone said something negative Never to you. Never ending bloodlust. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a thing too. That is Nefesh. That is definitely well, Nefesh. Seven activity. Gehenna's raging. Well, <laughs> that's what it was. That's true. Just well, a little spark of that though. But you know, you well, remember the Nefesh life. You are not life. that bad. It's like as soon as they touched the nefesh, you felt it. Like, oh, they're attacking me. They're hurting me. They're attacking me with their words. I feel attacked. <laughs> and because there's no defense or anything, and you're in the demonic, they're in the demonic. It's just Get it's a free for all. The Torah of Jesus Christ. And the Torah comes. You're like, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. <laughs> you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I feel attacked. I'm already and saved. Then it's like you don't love me how I am. You don't. Okay. Honey. You look like a honey badger on crack. So then, oh, well, can we go back to that one? Then on the the next, look at the next rung above Nefesh. Ruah. So you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you got the Ruach Hakadesh dwelling inside of you. You remember that? It's like overflowing glory. Now, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I felt it within and without. It was like the lava of glory that golden light and that bright white light and it came from on the outside and from on the inside and so that always puzzled me for a long time until I understood the Sephirot but when you got baptized in that Holy Spirit you received the Holy Spirit and you received another layer of soul called Ruah now this is where the church age got it wrong listen carefully this is the entire problem of your past history in the church age and where you came from. When you receive the Ruach HaKadosh, that's God, he's a spirit. Your nefesh was no longer adequate to reflect your level of salvation. To reflect the Ruach HaKadosh, Holy Spirit, it required that a Ruach be added unto you. That's a layer of soul. Now, through all the Old Testament and all Jewish writings and all, all of the interpretation of Moses for thousands of years, they've understood this to be layers of soul that's possible to be added unto you because it's written in the Word of God since he gave the Word on sapphire stones. Yes. And it's only possible for you to reflect God as a Ruach HaKadosh if you have a Ruach. What is the soul? The soul is like a mirror. At first, it's dark. At first, it's dark, right? Under the worlds, look at them: nefesh, ruah, neshama, chaya. Yep. Seven worlds on the left. So when you are added unto you that little layer, that sliver of ruah, that's your ability to have emotions and the level of the ruach hakadesh. Now, your soul represents the mirror. Mirrors within mirrors. So when the mirror is pure and spotless that's a pure and spotless bride it says for now through prophecy right we see dimly right through like a dim a dark glass or through a dark mirror that's from the sin that's from the transgression that's from any remaining iniquities but when it's pure and spotless that's going to be a pure and spotless bride which is a pure soul and only a pure and clean soul can perfectly reflect god Right In all rabbinical writings and studies of Torah, the soul is considered a reflection. It's meant to be made in God's image. What's the image when you look in a mirror? 
you see your image when you look in the mirror. So you're meant to be a clean mirror to reflect God. Okay? So when you receive the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, like Holy Ken and Holy Barbie. Amen. Oh, could someone grab me a... Or your uh, PC version. Uh, Amen. Could someone grab me a cold beverage? Uh, I was like a pure or a grapefruit, whatever one is available. Okay. Uh, so when you receive that layer of Ruah, that's your ability to reflect the Holy Spirit. And that's your training. Thank you. Appreciate it. So your entire journey, when you're a baby born again in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, your whole training is to cleanse your Ruah, cleanse your Nefesh, and learn to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. It's the down payment, the promises of God, which is your engagement ring, right? It's written in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit down payment is basically your engagement well, ring. Some of you are asking your in your hearts, well, why haven't I heard this before? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 6, very few are allowed to go beyond elementary teaching for the training of righteousness, right. let alone the teaching of righteousness of Daniel 12.3. So the training and the teaching that we've had to teach righteousness mm -hmm. is non-existent in buildings made by human hands. Right. So let's look at that picture again. This is a really good teaching time. I want you guys to really understand this because when you understand this, you understand where the church age went wrong and why God wants to fix it and what he's doing to fix it so that you can continue to know him and to know him is to have eternal life, right? So we're not stagnant, so we're not backsliding, so we're not in self-worship or demon worship under the pretense or under the guise Well, you have God so worship. many of these people in, in black and white Malkut thinking they're a <laughs> kingdom by using the gifts and their irrevocable Ruah soul. And they're nothing but thieves. Right. So this is what happens. With that sliver, so we're looking at that first sliver of Ruah. When you get the Ruah, it's unsanctified. You're just, a Ruah is added to your Nefesh. Now the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. The Word of God sanctifies you if, if you obey Him. But the problem where we go, we go wrong in the church age is that Ruah, people start to think that their Ruah, because it's your spirit, which is just a soul layer. How was your, oh, I thought my spirit. It's not soul, it's my spirit. Your Ruah is a soul layer. Your soul reflects God. Your Ruah is not the Holy Spirit. Your Ruah is not the Holy your Spirit. Your Ruah soul is not the Ruah HaKadosh. Mm -hmm. Your soul is not mm -hmm. God. Yep. And so what happened in the church age is because the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were given to Ooh, your that, Ruach. That whacked witchcraft, man. That mm -hmm. whacked, I could feel that witchcraft just get blasted right there. The difference mm -hmm. between your Ruah soul and the Ruah HaKadosh is the difference between the creature that's rising mm -hmm. one step in righteousness to the creator himself that dwells in irreproachable, mm -hmm. unapproachable light. Right. So, I mean, it, it is based, it's mm -hmm. the equivalent of a newborn baby crawling mm -hmm. one foot in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Now, that chart we just looked at, each one of those soul layers are meant to be a throne. The Nefesh becomes a throne for the Ruah. The Ruah becomes a throne as it's sanctified and perfected. It becomes a throne for the Neshama. The Neshama becomes a throne for the Chaya. 
the Chaya becomes a throne for the Yachita. And if you go up as high as that, you become a throne that the Father will sit on himself. And that is tabernacles. That is the true fullness of the fire baptism. That's which the millennium is age of the Christ. Dwelling. That's what the tabernacles mm -hmm. of David is. The millennium reign of Christ. Yep. Truth anyhow. Not just the down payment of the Holy Spirit, but the entirety of the Godhead mm. perfectly in union with you. You must Married ascend to God. eight weeks. Yeah. So Eight worlds. Yeah, so now, where's that written? Takes. I want to read this real quick. Mm. Hebrews 1, verse 2. Now, you must ascend eight weeks. So, where's that? Where's eight? It's first Enoch. Eight worlds. A week is a world in prophetic great wisdom mm -hmm. of the ancient wisdom of Enoch and the first family before the floods. This was the language they spoke in that God the Father taught them. It's ancient Hebrew language, not modern Hebrew. Modern Hebrew. The writing and reading of modern Hebrew would not even be understood by Moses today. It's a completely man-made religion. It's a completely man-made language. Okay, truth and yeah. The ancient Hebrew that Moses spoke, that Enoch spoke, that language, guys, that's what created the heavens and the earth. So you need to understand the terminology we're using is going back to the ancient wisdom of the first family of Adam and, and Shem and Seth and Enoch and Jared and Mahalalel and all of that, those righteous holy men that lived 900, 800 years. And the Bible says they were righteous. Jasher says they walked in great righteousness, great holiness. Okay, so restore the ancient path requires the ancient wisdom. So that's written in First Enoch. Go through First Enoch hundreds of times. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. It's scripture. It was canonized Bible for the first 500 years of Christianity. It's scripture. Every apostle, including Jesus Christ, the Messiah, quotes Enoch as infallible scripture. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a commanding authority from first Enoch, you are totally lost today. And the Christians that don't believe in first Enoch mm -hmm. really show it. They really show it that they are completely clueless as to the end times. The book is for us. You need to be in it. First Enoch explains the ten weeks and the ten worlds, which is your ascension on sapphire stones, the path of lightnings, all the way up to the throne of Jesus in the eternity of eternities. After tenth week, it says we weeks without end, worlds without end. Amen. Isaiah and both Ephesians say worlds, plural, worlds without end. That's weeks without end. So, I mean, you'll be going up sapphire stones, Shekinah to Shekinah, forever, for eternity. Okay? You might as well start now. Truth anyhow. So, after the tenth week, you're transcendent light and you're Yachita's soul. So, you can physically walk before your father because you're enthroned with his literal throne. That's what Enoch walked in, guys. That's what Enoch walked in. For an Enochian generation to step out of earth physically mm -hmm. and to step into the throne room of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. physically is going to take that 10th week transcendent light. Now listen, here's what it says about the 10 weeks or the 10 worlds. Hebrews 1 verse 2. But in the last days, he, Jesus Christ, has spoken to us in the person of a son whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds, plural, Amplified Classic, which goes into the original mm -hmm. Greek of Hebrews written by Apostle Paul. 
He created the worlds. Okay, ten worlds, ten weeks of First Enoch. Paul believed First Enoch was scripture. Okay, the Apostle Paul. You know what book he kept on him all the time? I bet if he had a copy of First Enoch, he would have kept it. Was, these are you have to understand. These are worth thousands, tens of thousands, even millions of dollars. It's not like today you go buy a book at a bookstore. Back then it was parchments, some of them written in gold. We're talking about priceless stuff. The Library of Alexander was buying all the books of the world at that time and paying millions, hundreds of thousands for rare copies of books, especially the mystical Jewish books. That's why it wasn't like everyone had a Bible. You had a scroll, a piece of paper that someone walked a hundred miles, a thousand miles, and you'd read the little piece of paper and pass it around. That's all they had because you had to be super rich to even have scrolls. Truth anyhow. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He created the worlds, the reaches of space, and the ages of time. What book did he keep? The book of the 12 patriarchs. That's what he kept on him all the time. The book of the 12 patriarchs. That is the book that Paul had on him during all his apostolic journeys. But I bet you, if he had one Enoch, he would have had that instead. But it was too expensive. Truth in you. So you guys have it. You're without excuse. Paul would have given his finger for a copy. And we don't even believe it's scripture. Just insane. Also, by and whom, through whom, he created worlds, the reaches of space. Okay? the reaches of space, and the ages of time, he made, produced, built, operated, arranged them in order. So he says in Scripture, Hebrews 1-2, he arranged all the ten worlds in order. What does that look like? Okay, there's seven of them. Mm, yeah, let's leave this up because I had something here. But there's three that go up on top of the, the ten weeks. But you need to get into all of you, first and foremost, into Tiferet of Asiah. That's your assignment now. You're without excuse. It's time to ascend sapphire stones and be sun-sealed in the sun of righteousness, according to Malachi chapter 4. You are not safe in Babylon the Great until you're sun-sealed in your spirit in Tiferet of Asiah. Amen. So looking at this chart here, just to establish that connection between one Enoch and Hebrews about the weeks, especially in Enoch. It talks about weeks. Well, here, according to the Torah, it took seven weeks. You can see on the left here. It took seven weeks for the Israelites to travel from Egypt to Mount Sinai, and that is Shavuot. That means weeks. That's the seven-week period, and each day is counted and it is called the counting of the Omer, or Sephirot Ha-Omer. That's the seven weeks from the wheat harvest. Okay? On, and the, har the harvesting of the barley on Shavuot. So that is the Feast of Weeks. It's a seven-week festival. The Sephirot Ha-Omer, which is a mystical concept of the body of Jesus Christ on sapphire stones, a mystery and sacred secret that God hid in the Torah. He gave it to them and he gave them external festivals. He gave them an external tabernacle, an external temple. But what did Jesus Christ teach? That it was a shadow of the things to come. So 
if we're not if if these things haven't been all completed because time's still going on, what is yet to be completed? It's the shadow of the things that were prophesied to come. And even the external New Testament things were prophecies of those things to come in the kingdom age, the millennial kingdom age before the return of Jesus physically. So the Sephirot Ha'omer, these are weeks. And so that is exactly the Sephirot weeks that Enoch described in one Enoch. Amen. And also a day as is, let's look at the other sapphire stone. You can see them up close. Yeah. So a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Now those seven lower sephirot, each one, it's considered there are seven days or there are seven, right? You go, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, there's seven the seven lower sephirot that come out from behind the curtain above. It's about returning back to Jubilee. It's going up into the rest of God. Day after day, week after week, not offering the same sacrifices day after day, week after week, but going into the once and for all time perfect sacrifice of the blood of Jesus on the cross mm -hmm. once and for all. And it's his sacrifice, and what do we do? Pick up a cross and follow him. Pick up your your sephirot that you were created with on the inside of you. Realize Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. And be that woman who breaks the alabaster jar and the perfume of your life poured out for his sake, for his life, uh, comes into being here. So what are those, you know, days like a thousand years, a thousand years is like the day. Well, if you look at Malkut as the, you know, talent or the seed, that you just, it's buried in the earth. And then you look at Yasad, you have 30, you know, well, let's say 30, let's say 30 fold, you're just on Malkut. If there's a decent return on Malkut, maybe 30, 30 fold. And then the moon, 60, and then 100 fold, Had and Netza. 30, 60, 100, well, why did Jesus only talk about the 30, the 60, and the hundredfold? There are references to it throughout the scriptures and the Apocrypha that talk about it in a more concealed manner. But the reason why Jesus didn't refer to the thousandfold is because that deals with the sun to fret, and that was for the kingdom age, because it wasn't until the kingdom age established, not just the kingdom within you, but it coming up and out of you, like Bob Jones says, it's time for the kingdom to come out of you, like it's sent up and through you, not just hidden away, buried inside of you. So, Malkut 30, Yusad 60, and then a hundredfold, you know, Had and Netza. But if you can see the limitations of most of the New Testament churches, that false love of Netza, most of them never overcame that. It was just a few apostles, a few individuals. Yeah, basically, that was basically only the like John and uh, Fotini, mm -hmm. some of the apostles of the Lamb. But there was almost no church in the first century mm -hmm. that went up higher mm -hmm. than Venus. And that's the height of Jezebel's Tower, is right around the Yusad, Hod, and, and Netza. And so no one really went higher than Jezebel's tower. I mean, she was still, John er, got beheaded. Right. You know, a lot of the apostles got killed. James was beheaded. John was the only one they really it, couldn't kill. John, they him. bounced off his neck, but they, they, uh, they beheaded him. Paul and yeah. crucified Peter upside down. They killed everyone else except John. 
Because he went higher in sapphire stones and brought the Kabbalah of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. called the Book of Revelation. If you read the Book of Revelation, it's all about stars and suns and moons. It's Kabbalah. He talks about the angel standing on the sun, and I believe it's also in reference to where he achieved his We need to really get an understanding here, people, in the end times, that Kabbalah of the enemy is what's been controlling us, but they're, they only got it because they stole it from Jesus Christ. So it's time to become total Holy Ghost Jesus Christ Kabbalists with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in Jesus' name. Amen. So you have a thousand fold up into the sun. So the sun and under the sun, you have 30, 60, 100, and then a thousand fold is in the sun. So that's a thousand fold in that realm. And then above the sun, you have 30, 60, 100, and a thousand. So what that is, is that gev that rung of Gevreb and Hesed that are uh, on that rung, that's 30 above the sun, and then you have 60, 100, and a thousand fold above the sun is the Father's Son. The Father of lights, He is a light. And so it's His light, you go into that bright white light of the seventh interior mansion of that world and the crown of it, and that is a thousandfold above the sun in that realm. So we're talking about days, and when it comes to days, the seven lower sephirot, you could call those the days, because in the beginning God created, it says, Bereshit bara Elohim et, he created six, and those six came out of the seventh day, which is his rest. Right, so that generation of six plus the seven, Hakma wisdom is inside the seventh, that's the key of wisdom that's always hidden inside the palace as you go up, on Bina, and the crown of it is the Father's will. And those are all behind that veil, out of, outside Trisania. of space and time in that uh, mansion. Some of you need to go back into the master class yeah. freshman year and take notes. Yeah, yeah, this stuff is all in the, a lot of this is all just in the master class. But it's really good refresher. We're not going back, we're going forward. Yeah. So if you're not caught up, it's your fault. Yeah. So that being said, if, let's go to the big picture of the big seven... Uh, new world, new sapphire, new world star. So if those are seven days, how many days in a week? Seven. So if the seven days of creation are represented in each one of these worlds, seven days in a week, that's a cosmic week. Week one, week two, week three, all the way, seven weeks leading up into your Jubilee or to your Shavat, which is the festival of weeks. And we talk about fire baptism, dwelling, and becoming a throne. Now, what we want to say about this before we got off of here, I really want to hammer this one home. That second world there, Asaya of Yetzirah, when you have the Ruah soul added to you, at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've already established your Ruah is not the Ruach HaKadosh. You become a temple, but in order for you to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Listen carefully. For you to have the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Ruach HaKadosh dwelling in you, he had to give you a Ruach for a proper throne. He's not going to send his Holy Spirit and not have the possibility for a throne. So how did you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you remember any of the praying you had to do or the fasting you had to do or the waiting mm, on the Lord? Yeah. You had to clean up your life at least a little bit for that to happen. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, in the Greek, it mm -hmm. actually says you're a new world when yep. you're born again. 
So you go from mm-hmm. world of Asaya to Asaya mm-hmm. Vyatsira when you get the Ruah soul with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, the, the problem with that is you get the layers of Ruah, but it's not sanctified. But he entrusts you to the Holy Spirit. If you follow the Holy Spirit, you will get sanctified in your Nefesh and your Ruah. So here's the issue. You've got the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. You've got a Ruah soul for the throne. But since most Christians are not taught to sanctify your nefesh, it's, I mean, it says in the word of God, sanctify yourselves, cleanse yourselves of iniquity, wash yourselves of transgression. If you cleanse the iniquity and got rid of the transgression, these layers here would become purified. But since most people only accept the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their own ruah, and they don't know the difference between their ruah and the ruah hakadesh. That Ruah there on, on the left-hand side, your Ruah becomes their own God. They start serving self. So having begun in the spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, did you go back? Some people go back to the Nefesh. They go back to their old Nefesh life. So the Ruah becomes mm-hmm. a throne for, for Jezebel, Jezebel, as you've seen millions of times. Right, that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, the Ruah... So the same way that the Nishama, if you uproot your Nishama, an alien God can sit there. If you transgress in your Ruah, an alien God, usually Jezebel is mm-hmm. said, is the one who sits there. It could be any God of that level that wants to hijack you. And what's happened with Jezebel ruling these church buildings? She's the one who's in charge on the earth in that tower to keep people. Her Over job. All the Ruah souls. Her number one job is to keep you from going cosmic righteousness, to keep you from getting onto the moon and into the sun. And the way they do that is make sure that they don't receive any rebuke, mm. no correction, and worship your own, either go back into the nefesh life, like drugs, alcohol, or family idolatry and money, serve money, or you worship your own ruah. I know, it's my Jesus, my Jesus. Mm. I know, I have the gifts of the Spirit because the gifts of God, it is written, are irrevocable. So he gave you those gifts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit after you'd sanctified your nefesh a little bit. And it's the down payment and so what happens then is if you don't know the distinction between the Ruach HaKadosh and your Ruach, what happens is you worship the self Ruach thinking that's the spirit. Oh, I know. I follow my spirit. I follow. The, I know Jesus. And then some other Jesus or some Jezebel spirit is going to be enthroned. A demon. Yep. And then the Holy 100% Spirit. 100% of the time a demon comes and is enthroned in your Ruach. And you've seen it already in America thousands and millions of times and this is a worse pandemic than what we've ever seen worse than COVID-19 it's much worse worse because what you have now is groups of people who have been deceived into worshiping their own ruah and having a false holy spirit or a spirit of Jezebel enthroned upon their ruah following their own ruah and not the ruah kakadesh then the ruah kakadesh is like long gone because these people clearly do not serve God or they wouldn't be continually attacking the things of God without ceasing. So now you're living in the Gehenna of 200 million false Jesuses and false Holy Spirits, and that's why we have 100,000 U.S. Christian denominations. It's because the Ruah was used for self, and they never sanctified the Ruah to make it a throne for the Neshama. And uh, 
Brendan had a really great revelation as I was talking about these things on the exact number of the deposit, right? Because the Holy Spirit mm. is the deposit down payment. Do you want to talk about that with the 10? Yes. Yeah, the first fruits. The Bible says, Apostle Paul speaking, that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a down payment and deposit of the future greater glory. It's used first fruits, but it's just a small, tiny portion. So that Ruah soul that you get is a tiny little portion. If you look at it, what world do you get it in? Immediately when you're born again, some of you are filled with the Spirit and begin speaking in tongues. But for me, it was a six, uh, I think about six months difference or so. Mm-hmm. Here, I want to show you this. So you get saved and then you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is um, afterwards. If you read the book of Acts, they had all believed in Jesus, but they don't let John's baptism. Apostle Paul lays hands on them in the book of Acts. They receive another baptism, which is the baptism of the Ruah HaKadosh. And they begin speaking in tongues. So that is when you go from world one to world two. For a lot of people, you haven't done that. If you haven't done that, that's what you need to do to move forward in Christ. Okay? None of this is competition. It's between you and God. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about what anyone else thinks. No one thinks less of you in RLM if you are on the world of Isaiah and like you're just seeking mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? That, you could come out of Franklin Graham's church or something. Mm-hmm. We don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. The whole issue is that you're making progress where you're at. And then right. God's happy with you because mm-hmm. you're growing towards him okay right. so understand that first and foremost now seeking the baptism of the holy spirit you must do that you mm-hmm. must seek more of god in every level so now you've got the baptism of the holy spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues you have your ruah soul so the ruah soul is just about a 10 percent because if you look at 10 worlds you know there's 10 weeks in first enoch there's 10 worlds the 10 commandments correspond mm-hmm. to a commandment of each supernal world Mm -hmm. truth anyhow these are the eternal commandments of god it's the eternal law of god it's the law of the stars it's Mm -hmm. the law of the luminaries the law of the luminaries written in first enoch as scripture so you're just gonna have to deal with it so the law of the luminaries is 10 laws of luminaries of 10 worlds and 10 10 weeks stay awake stay awake stay awake and so the 10 commandments are not moses on earth that was a type and shadow as it's written Moses was a type and shadow of supernal things. But it was very, very accurate for you to open up eternal things and Mm -hmm. supernal things if you understand the wisdom of Moses, because Moses is going to help you know Revelation Mm -hmm. 15. You have to understand, we're dealing with uh, fairy Mm -hmm. spirits and sleepers, and uh, it's The fairy spirit is the highest ranking spirit in the Tower of Jezebel. You need to. I'm going to look at look at you in the face when I tell you that because some of you are so gone, you don't even know how demon possessed you are. The fairy spirit is the highest ranking spirit of deceit of Jezebel's tower in the Clippeth. So repent, get the fairy spirits out. Some of you are just wondering why I can't ever break through. Always, well, you're you're submitted to some of the highest ranking demons that are pretending to be cute adorable fluffy wonderful soft kind my personality this is me this is what i'm into dude you're into some of the worst demons in the kingdom of hell not all demons are like the bull's horns they're not all the bulls of bashan Mm -hmm. they have feminine cute looking sailor moon and barbie demons too. they do yeah so you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to learn wisdom 
because we're dealing with a lot of the the women now in RLM that are involved in the highest ranking demons of Jezebel's tower, and they're called fairies. And a fairy came and stabbed me in my stomach today in dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff today. I was like, where does this come from? There are three women operating in Red Letter Ministries right now that have fairy spirits in them. And I'm not going to name names. You need to repent and get the highest ranking demons of Jezebel out of your hearts and minds and bodies. It is so messed up. And it's hurting us and it's attacking us. And so it's not just your own individual sin or your culture. You are polluting the camp and the company with slime with all the seven mountains of the fallen angels. So you ha- that's why we sometimes are specific towards people's sins because they pollute the camp. The Bible right. says if there's a root of bitterness in one, it springs mm-hmm. up and defiles everyone. Everyone. That's what it says. It also says the same about the love mm-hmm. st- love stains at feasts in Jude. Yeah. Apostle Jude, listen, three weeks ago, Jude, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, came to me in the cloud of witnesses, began to speak to me about Korah's rebellion, about Balaam, and about the stains at love feasts. Those three things in his little book, mm-hmm. but we're dealing with them now in Babylon the Great. Mm-hmm. In this Babylon the Great, Hora Babylon Christianity, Black Malkut, we're dealing with it now more than any other time in church history. More now than any other time in Christian history. So Jude is serious about this, and Jude quotes entire segments of First Enoch as Scripture. Why? Because if you don't have that, you will not win against Balaam. You can't win against Korah. You'll actually think, well, Korah's rebellion is just holding the leadership accountable. We just really need to test our leaders. We can't trust them. We're not into leader worship. You're into Korah's rebellion. You are devil worshipers of Korah. Mm-hmm. You are into the fallen angels so deeply, and it's tolerated in so many Christian churches nowadays. Let it be anathema mm-hmm. like foreskins into the lake of fire in Jesus then, name uh, this is the one that was putting them to sleep on the 10 weeks as soon as you started um, mm-hmm. putting the 10 week revelation and it started putting them to sleep yeah no no uh, we want to sit there and justify and say my fairies are not bad I'm telling you now your fairies are still demons it's true your fairies are still demons and you don't get it and some of these people Defending fairies are the temples of Jezebel to this moment because there's been no repentance and no repentance of actions in the world of Asai, the world of actions. Seriously, you need to take that stuff and burn it and throw it in the garbage. Stuff from previous seasons, Mm -hmm. stuff you thought was God from the drunken glory. When was the last time you tested it in fire and to hear if you could hear sirens screaming Mm -hmm. in the clothes? Come on. You guys are clinging oftentimes to demons thinking it's God and thinking you're being good stewards. And then you justify, listen, man, we're testing these spirits. These fairies were attacking my spirit today. And it's the highest ranking demons of Jezebel's tower. Everything they could to kill, steal, and destroy. And we're just like, oh, they're cute and this things. And I'm not about to get up here and... And and then say, well, we're going to become paranoid about what's next. We can't watch Harry Potter. And all this. Listen, man, I'm wrestling these demons in you people. And 
It's attacking the throne of God. It's attacking the throne of Jesus Christ, trying to kill and put to sleep the born-again spirit. So it is life and death. And when a person is operating with that, and if they refuse to repent, I don't care if you are my sister Miriam, you are banished from the camp to be eaten by vultures. I don't care who it is. If you get into the clippeth, what did Moses say to Aaron? In Numbers 23, he said, you are going to be terminated by God and justified. If Moses did not intercede for Aaron and Miriam, Yadevave, Jesus Christ, Yadevave, was going to incinerate Aaron and Miriam. You know that? That's what the Bible says. Moses stood in the gap for his wicked, foolish, not entirely, but at that moment, the sin that they were in was so grave with Aaron and Miriam, God was going to incinerate them with lightning, like he had done the sons of Aaron already, and smote them, and no one was to mourn. And you sit there and you think, well, God doesn't do that. Well, Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, God kills pastors every day in America. God kills, I have watched him kill pastors. You sit there in delusion with no fear of God, with Greasy grace and sloppy agape with some stupid 10-year-old drunken glory manifestations thinking you're safe. You're delusional. I'm telling you now, it is so life and death right now that the yesterday's manifestations are the ones that are going to kill you today. And I'm telling you, especially amongst the ones that are moving forward on sapphire stones into the kingdom age, into the eighth church of Revelation, Revelation 4.1, totally repenting of all the seventh church of Revelation, the Laodicean church, the ones that are pioneering cosmic righteousness and sapphire stones. If you are around them, you are in the most dangerous place in the entire universe. You could not be set up for slaughter than be playing games around cosmic forerunners. It is literally the most dangerous place to be. It's not safe unless you're in to the righteousness, the wisdom, the holiness, and the strictness of repenting from the crap that you don't even know is sin, but we've told you already ten times it's sin. We've told you it's sin, but you don't repent because there's no fear of Yadevave in your eyes. That is when... You are in the most dangerous place of the seventh church of Revelation, sleeping. You know what Laodicean means? No, you don't. You don't. Laodicean means sleeping with all the things of Jesus Christ already in your lives. And yet you still slumber in the earth. And yet you still sleep in the earth. That's what Laodicea is. It's sleeping. In your spirit, still sleeping, yet you pray in tongues a half hour every day. Yet you still have miracle signs and wonders and gemstones and gold dust in your churches and you have successful conferences every weekend when the bigwig comes to your church. Laodicea! Truth anyhow. Not angry about it, but we need judgment upon Laodicea. Otherwise, the eighth church will remain fringe and these people out there just sitting doing nothing except scoffing and being a critical spirit, condemning the forerunners that are saving your souls from the clippeth that wants to take 
every single right away from you in the USA, and they would unless cosmic righteousness raises a standard in Jesus Christ, Kabbalah. Truth anyhow. Amen. Amen. It's because we need judgment on these fairies. What they're targeting is the people who are interested in rising on sapphire stones. And if you embrace these fairy spirits of Jezebel's tower, you have zero chance of rising one rung in righteousness. If you hold on to any of those forms, you have zero chance of getting into Tiferet of Isaiah, let alone even onto White Yassad. Zero chance. It's not something to compromise with. It's not something to defend. And it's not something, especially not to lead other people astray into. As we are releasing freedom from the fairy spirits, it was just a, not really astounding because we understand the situation on the earth, but even the mind can be surprised at how accurate these things are. I started to hear the testimonies of so many women now coming forth today of their encounters as they're repenting and renouncing fairy spirits. Almost every single person had a testimony of how they'd been attacked or how the enemy had snuck in in that form exactly, especially with the women, right? What do they do when you're a kid? My um, wicked uh, step-grandmother for a time, she, when I was young, when I was a kid before salvation, tried to introduce me to fairies. They make it like a game. And I could see, you know, they're real spirits. And they try to make it like a fun game. But what set me off about them is they had like a... Their spirit has kind of a bite to it. They, they're, they have that magical kind of a thing. But they're, they're wicked. If you have any room in your soul for fairy spirits... At all. You can forget about getting to the moon. It's not going to happen for you. You'll never leave the earth. You'll die in darkness. It's as stupid as it gets. Anyway, Numbers 12, excuse me, not Numbers 23. Numbers 12. Now Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses. This is his brother and sister. They're gossiping, slandering, backbiting, you know. They're doing their own thing. They thought they're better leaders than Moses, but didn't have the 40 years of sanctification, right? Okay, Numbers 12. Because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite woman, and they said, Zipporah, right? And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, gentle, kind, and humble, above all the men on the face of the earth. Truth in you. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the tent door and called Aaron and Miriam. And they came forward. And he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. The Lord wants to save people from the fairy spirits, and I can feel it. Thank you, Lord. With him I speak, listen, verse 7, Numbers 12, 7. 
I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and dream. If there's a prophet among you, I, Yadivave, make, this is Jesus Christ speaking in the cloud, now directly to Moses, Miriam, and Aaron. Just get a vision. And Jesus Christ said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Yadivave, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. But not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly and not in dark speeches. And he beholds the form of Yarevave. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of Yarevave was kindled against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, Master Adonai, O my Adonai, O my Master, I plead with you, Lay not the sin upon us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, already half decomposed when he comes out of his mother's womb. (sighs) And Moses cried to Yadivave, saying, Heal her now, Yadivave. I beseech you. And Yarevave said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, should she not be ashamed for seven days? Let her be shut up outside the camp for seven days, and after that let her be brought in again. So Miriam was shut up without the camp for seven days, and the people did not journey until Miriam was brought in again. Afterward, they removed from Hazaroth and encamped in the wilderness of Paran. So, what does it mean? Y'all need some cleansing, leprosy, sin of the mouth, believing things that are absolutely an abomination to Yarevave. The standard in Red Letter Ministries in July 2023 is a hundred times higher than it was in July 2018. Why? Because I always grow from glory to glory. That's my apostolic covenant to anyone who walks with me. You shall always go from Shekinah to Shekinah. The Shekinah of those past seasons is like darkness to me now. The Shekinah today is such a higher standard of Moses, a higher standard of Aaron, Joseph, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even Enoch, Metatron, Prince of His Presence, the standard is so high that those things that were once tolerated are literally an abomination in RLM today. You need to hear that. It's the truth anyhow. So let that cut you all to your hearts, that you may be higher on the mountain in a greater holiness you've never had before. In Jesus' name. I'll just share with you one revelation from the mountain that God gave me today. He said, can you imagine how easier, how much easier 
Old Testament life would have been for the Israelites if they had inhabited the mountain as they were invited to instead of refused and died in the sand. See, I don't think you even understand that. Let me explain. Let me explain this clearly. I want you to get this. If Israel had gone up onto the mountain and inhabited the mountain and not just Moses and the 70 elders, the Bible says all Israel, which is about 4 million, was invited up onto the mountain. If they had inhabited the mountain, the Old Testament would have been much different. Much different. You would not have dealt with the Philistines, the the Amalekites, and and all the the, sin, the king of Tyre, and, and Ahab, and Jezebel, and you would not have had that. They would have all been in the above life. They could have all been like Moses. Do you understand that? They could have all been apostolic. That was the invitation. Okay? And they said, no, we will not all be on the Sephirot. We will not be on the mountain. We will not be heavenly Christians. The Bible says Moses preached the good news to the word. There's gospel. They said no to the celestial cosmic gospel of righteousness in the Old Testament. So they had thorns, rocks, and wars continuously afterwards, didn't they? Didn't they? Yes, they did. Angel, right there. Thank you, angel. Amen. Amen. Angel, amen. Now, in the New Testament, we say, well... We've had so much drama and problems and everything's a pity party and it's like all Christianity is woe is me and put band-aids on all of our hurt feelings. Why is that? Because you are currently living in the sand. You are currently living in the earth, in the wilderness, and Jesus rent the veil to go in the heavens just like Moses on the mountain. All of you are to inhabit the stars. All of you are to inhabit the Sephirot. All of you are to inhabit the heavens. All of you are to go up the stairway, the ladder. All of you are to walk on sapphire mm-hmm. stones. What's holding you down? That Satan active in your life, burn it in fire in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think that about does it. We are fundraising right now because we need an air conditioner in the America RLM headquarters, this studio. We have a 20-year-old furnace in the basement that's kicking up dust and dirt and cat smells. I'm not going to go into details, but it's bad. There's parts of the, you know, that was the original furnace of the crack house when I got it almost 20 years ago. Mm. And they had it for 10 years before that. So it's old. We've fixed it so many times and we've put every patch we can on it. The thing just needs to be replaced. It is. It has served us faithfully. It's been a good, good furnace, but we need a new one. It can't keep up. Seven keep times the place. hotter. It can't, <laughs> it can't keep the place cool. We just bought air conditioning for the studio in Africa. We need air conditioning for the studio in America. Amen. All the offerings that come in tonight are going to get the new air conditioning, the furnace the installed for this floor. There's two furnaces in this house. We already have a new one for second floor and third floor. We need the, a new one for this floor for the studio in the basement. Where Brian lives. Amen. So do it for Brian. Amen. Amen. Everyone give a thousand dollar offering tonight for Brian, for him to have central air in the basement. And secondly, last of all, us apostles. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) Glory. Let all the fairies burn in hell. Amen.
Glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, and the glory, glorious days. Glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days, glorious days in the glory from glory to glory. From glory to glory, from glory to glory, glorious days in the glory. From glory to glory, from glory. From glory to glory, glorious days in the glory. Oh, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory. Glorious days in the glory. How from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. A great lifting up in the glory, a great lifting up in the glory.
Aleluya. You thought the show was over, didn't you? <laughs> but you're glad you stayed around. <laughs> well, we talked about each one of your layers of soul progressively becoming a throne in terms of going upward, right? As you go up, all those layers become a throne. But what you may or may not have realized is that upward is inward closer and closer to the source of life, the King of Glory and His Father. So you literally get more God-inside-minded than the top of White Malkut. Yes. So the Nefesh, we saw as the lowest rung, becomes the most exterior layer of soul, not just your physical body. The nefesh is in the blood, but that layer of nefesh, those things that once used to trigger you so much, you feel like you're being attacked, being attacked, that used to set you off. Your emotions and your, your being, your form of living, which is your consciousness, your thoughts, emotions, you know, your feelings, your conscious awareness of self is no longer in the nefesh. At the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the consecration and sanctification through the circumcision of each layer of your ruah, your consciousness goes through those layers more and more inward. And what happens is your nefesh goes more outward and you live in your Ruah, the Ruah gets sanctified, your Ruah learns to follow the Holy Spirit, not your own Ruah, the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh. Not the Nefesh, not the flesh. Mm. You follow God and not man, not soul, not your own spirit, not your own Ruah soul. But something special happens when you get to the world of Bria and you have your Cosmic Bar Mitzvah, Cosmic Bat Mitzvah. And that supernal light comes down like a spark, like a flame from the very throne of the Father and descends upon you. It is life-changing forever. You'll never be the same. What you once thought, even after years of being in the Ruah, you know, you're a spiritual person now. You're in your Ruah. You're not in your Nefesh. I'm in the spirit, not in the flesh. <laughs> what was once something that helped you survive living in your Ruah, defending yourself in the Ruah, fighting in the Ruah, becomes a weakness now because now you're expected to live in a Neshama. You know, it's great the Neshama it comes down, you live in... Oh, it's amazing. Everything is life-changing. It's just like when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, your whole life changes. You're like, yes, this is it. This is what I've needed. I'll never be the same. And then a couple weeks, a couple years later, hmm. what's gone wrong? You're not... You didn't, you didn't learn how to go up with it. That's, that's what the problem. And so you end up serving your own Ruah instead of the Ruah Kakadesh. But let me tell you what, when you get the Neshama, the next, all Berea is is learning to have your consciousness not in your Ruah anymore. Mm -hmm. The same thing that 
helped you and even saved you in prior seasons that helped you survive living in your ruah is no longer acceptable. Now you're a young woman, you're a, a young man of God, that supernal 13 or 12 for women, that age of when you get the neshama, which is Malkut of Berea, everything's been fully circumcised with signs and wonders following and the inscriptions and engravings are there emanating, living Shekinah continuously, and that new layer of soul, you now have neshama. So not only is it the neshama enthroned upon a sanctified ruah, these are garments. These are garments. Now your neshama is your most innermost being that you have. And it's clothed in a holy ruah. Now your ruah is made holy. But even with the holy ruah, oh, my ruah is holy now. Great, this is the best upgrades to my ruah. Now I can be a mature ruah. Now I can have my consciousness in an awesome ruah. And I've got a neshama too. Well, the ruah... We notice on sapphire stones, wants to kind of maintain its place. I'm used to being in my ruah. That's what I've done my whole charismatic life, my whole glory stream life. What am I gonna do about this neshama? You learn to live in it. In your inner, now your innermost being is neshama. And it takes, just like when it took diligence for you to take your consciousness out of the nefesh into ruah, spiritual person, baptized in the Holy Spirit, now you got to take your consciousness again and forsake that was what once the best thing in your whole life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because sometimes we've had a lot of time in the Ruah. I'm used to it. Yeah. Now i got to get used to this new layer of soul. 23 years in the Ruah soul. And for those of you, for your notes, you're planning on going up and getting a Neshama, go ahead and write it down and by faith. Like, you know, it's not for me. No, it's for you. You're going to go up and get yep. a Neshama. You're going to get a Neshama. Uh, say, you, you, go, you go ahead and type it. I'm going to get the a Neshama. The Neshama is 50 times better than the Ruah. It's amazing. So it's it's 10% each world as you go up. There's 10 worlds. Mm -hmm. So when you go up the 10th week, it's the 100 fold. No. So at the, for the first fold the first Ruah, you're only at 10% light mm -hmm. with Amen. the Ruah soul. Now the top of the fifth uh, world of Ruah is absolute of Yetzirah. There you're only at 50%. Then at 50% you enter Berea. Now this is the verse that God gave me. This is so fun. The joy of the Lord is so strong on this one. Listen to this. Acts says, and the Bereans, listen, the Bereans were of more noble character. So Berea, what's a more noble character? A neshama soul. Amen. 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 So that neshama, I'll give you kind of a warning sign, but also the hint for when you get up there. That way you're already prepared. Be prepared to take your whole consciousness and life and everything of your being into the neshama. It's more inward. And you let the Ruah be those layers, those four layers of Ruah, that's your armor now, outside of your consciousness, of yourself. You're aware of it, you live, you have, your whole being comprises all these worlds that you live in. Your soul fills those worlds that God created and he made you and designed you to live in it. But if you're not living in it properly, if your da'at is serving Satan's thoughts and feelings. Your forehead. Mm-hmm. And your consciousness is on nefesh. And now when you have the, the neshama, the temptation is for the nefesh to think it can be the neshama. And even more subtle is 
the ruah thinking it can be the neshama. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got the now my ruah wants to be the still the top thing. The ruah sent out is a silver dome. How, how can I it's use my neshama to serve my ruah? Because we're coming out of serving our own ruah. It's the silver inlaid around yep. the holy holies of the Levites yep. of Solomon's temple. That's the mm -hmm. ruah when you have the neshama soul. Now, how to check which one you're in? The fruit of being in the ruah when you're supposed to be in the neshama is that you will have those fruits of yetzira. And as you go through yetzira, you learn exactly what those layers are and how they're sanctified. And so even though you could technically be by mankind definition, mankind definition, oh, I'm in a perfect ruah, it's already sanctified, it's still not angelic perfection. It's still something that you would never understand is not right with God. You must go higher. Mm -hmm. It gets perfected. And then you learn all through Berea is learning how to stay in your neshama. You can't stay at any rung. You'll, you'll fade. Because it's commanded to go higher each rung. Amen. You can't stick around any rung. Because if you take your da'at or your consciousness back into those layers of ruah, what it does is it lessens your armor. And it makes you susceptible because now you're dealing with higher levels. You need all those layers outward of protection around you. Your ruah expands. The neshama, that breath of God, goes and they expand. And now you, it's all those things are farther away from you. It's not going to touch it's not going to touch you anymore. And so that's when you have to make sure you have, you know, clean up your life, go back through and assess any soul ties, any kind of uh, things that you might somehow be connected to unawares and the Holy Spirit will let you know. And then we go through and we clean up. And so then we learn to live in our neshama. And then after that, just when you get comfortable being in the neshama, finally got the hang of it. Bing! Oh, nope, time to change again. This is continual change. Change all the time. Time to repent. Now I have to repent of being in my neshama. I just got the hang of this thing. How do you learn to live in a chaya? And what happens is that chaya descends again like another spark, like a flame of fire. And now your innermost being is like a flame has the appearance almost it can move like liquid, but it's solid and it looks kind of like a crystal. And it sparkles, it emanates this very gentle love, very powerful, but very sacred, very holy, innermost place. And you learn to live inside of that gemstone and nourish the neshama with it. So it's not even okay for you to live in the neshama with your consciousness anymore. <laughs> it's a good default. I mean, it's better that than you go back into the nefesh, right? So if you have familiar... But it's technically backsliding. Yeah, it's technically backsliding. So I can't, you know, I finally get comfortable being in the neshama and I have to live in my chaya. What is it like to eat? So How do she, I feed myself? She backslid this week. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that on Sapphire Stones. Yeah, you go from Neshama to but, Ruah. Be like, man, no, 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 no. We're going back up under the Neshama. So then, but by human perspective, you could say, it's a holy Neshama. How is it backsliding to be living in your holy Neshama? That's the kind of angelic perfection that's required of you at those heights. By the way, that amen from the angel there was a big blue orb. That was Archangel Gabriel. Amen. Amen. Truth in you. So good. So you learn to live, and I learned to, how to live in my chaya, how to be in the chaya, 
and how to let that neshama become more of that external armor and that breath of life again from the world of emanations it emanates and it sustains the neshama and the neshama sustains the ruah and so the temptation now if you get the neshama and you want to go back into the ruah you could even have a chaya and be tempted to go back into ruah or nefesh if there's familiar things there so you have to change yeah. everything hmm. and continually repent back into the highest place that you have which is your innermost being that god hmm. has added to you mm -hmm. and even then you cannot serve your own chaya you must serve the lord of hosts hmm. yadhe vavhe he is supreme you serve him with all your heart soul mind hmm. and strength yeah, it's where you learned the chaya is is what you receive. But your heart, soul, mind, and strength go from mm -hmm. shekinah to shekinah, yeah. so you're serving him in yep. a much higher capacity. Yeah, the neshama is the ability to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and but all the layers that you have that you've been given, you be faithful with those, and then that's added to you. The chaya is the ability to love the Lord your God with all your being, and that's when you move from understanding God is as a as the creator of worlds and in his transcendence of worlds and in the chaya you move to understanding for the very first time it's only possible once you hit malkut of absolute to understand god as he as the imminence right the imminent god that first ability that it could possibly be grasped to understand and it's just a taste of it but it's it's so sacred and it's so holy you must steward all those things in the love of god and in the fear of god balance with truth on display and anytime you find a shortcoming you're quick to repent and you know there's so much grace for learning at these levels so when you have something like oh i went back into my neshama that's not the, the difference in that between like going back into like alcohol or going back into like, you know, Jezebel's tower. When you come up into these high realms, so much is required of you to be holy angelic, things that no one else would think is even a sin. Oh, yeah. The angelic crime is so much higher, but it's so much more fulfilling because you, you see the You get familiar with angelic yeah. culture and angelic protocol yeah. in literally every micro detail of your life, and it's amazing. It's perfect peace. Amen. Yeah, it's good. So Some of you were asking, how much do we need for the new furnace? We already have the two air conditioners, brand new Reams. Well, they're not brand new, but they're the top of the line out there. Those are good. We have a brand new furnace, second floor, third floor. All we need is the furnace blower part. It's $8,000. That's our bid right now for the best one, 80% efficiency. The 100% efficiency is uh, $10,000. 80% will last longer, less maintenance. Mm -hmm. Let's get it. It has a thousand dollar air cleaner mm -hmm. for the pets, so you're mm -hmm. never gonna smell the cats when you come to Jill's bar again. Plus, mm -hmm. it's a huge Healthy burden food. off of us. Mm -hmm. It's healthier air for everyone that lives here, yeah. and for the animals here, and for the visitors here. Yeah. It'll be life changing. I really want to do that eight thousand yeah. dollar furnace. We need it today. Yes. Pull the trigger. Um, bring out your wallets. Bring out your checkbooks. Click the links in the description and give generously into RLM TV, North America headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're in the works of expanding right now into Florida. It's in the works, but a lot of it depends on how fast we rise and how fast you rise. If you're not rising, don't expect to be used in any capacity whatsoever for the kingdom of heaven. 
But if you rise, and if you rise seriously through radical repentance of changing your actions, you people have the opportunity to be some of the most used of Yadavave people of all time. Of all time. We're talking about chapters of the book of Acts. That's what's at hand. That's what heaven's offering. It's time to get real and sign up with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and money, and ability in the marketplace to make money. I have given you the covenant to make wealth, to make money. If you're not doing it, you're in disobedience to the Bible. Work unto Yadavave and not men. It is written with all your heart, serving God while you're in the marketplace. Some of you have not learned how to turn the marketplace into a holy arena for your spiritual growth, and you murmur and complain in the wilderness, you are dying. That's the evidence you are in black earth, black Malkut. When you turn your marketplace into a revival place of working for Yadavave with his angels, you'll go from glory to glory, and it gets fun. Conquer the marketplace. He's given you the anointing to conquer the marketplace and use the increase for the apostolic vision at RLM Global to conquer the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We'll see you tomorrow.